It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened they want to know why and how former defensive back in the NFL Eric Crocker is on the show he is someone who loves to continuously and continually break down cornerbacks on tape in the NFL in the college game he also breaks down receivers because he scouted receivers for a long time, so he knows what to look for there, what gives defensive backs problems. So we're going to talk about the state of the Packers secondary. We're going to talk about some of the players that he likes in this draft, and we're going to talk about potential options for the Packers at receiver in this draft. And it is a perfect day to have Croc on because there was some controversy and maybe that's overstating it, but there was some consternation on Packers Twitter and among Packers Nation. The idea came up that cornerback was potentially a priority for the Packers in the NFL draft. This all started when Zach Cruz over at Packers Wire put together a list of how he thought the Packers would see their off-season priorities at this point, so going into the draft. And his rankings started with offensive tackle, went to receiver, and third on that list, cornerback. And I think he's right. And it upset a lot of fans because they only want to talk about the first two. They only want to talk about offensive tackle and receiver. And then there is this sect of fans who are obsessed with linebacker defensive line and all they want to talk about is the 49er game all they want to think about is what happened when Raheem Mostert ran roughshod over the Packers defense in the NFC championship game I understand why that wound stings but here's the reality of the situation for the Packers and their roster Number one, we know they don't prioritize the linebacker position. Blake Martinez told us so, and we've seen it play out over and over again. They signed Christian Kirksey. They have Warren Burks. They have Curtis Bolton. They have Ty Summers. They are not 
likely to prioritize a linebacker, no matter how excited we would all be to see someone like Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen in a Packers uniform. It would be such a drastic change from everything we've seen at linebacker for a long time. It would be exciting. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to take a linebacker early. And I don't think they're going to take a defensive lineman early. I think they would prioritize, as Zach points out, the defensive line over a linebacker. It is something that Ted Thompson always did. They subscribe to the idea that there's only so many big men, and so you have to get the few that are out there. On the other hand, Mike Patton doesn't play with that many. He does play with a ton of defensive backs, which is the case for a defensive back hybrid player next to someone like Christian Kirksey. But above all of that, it is the case that when you look at the Packers roster, they have one cornerback currently on the roster, currently under contract, who we know is a reliable, consistent, quality player. Jair Alexander is the full list because Tremont Williams is not under contract. He was really good last year, but he's not under contract. Kevin King led the team in interceptions, but we all know he is an inconsistent player at this point in his career, and he's going into the last year of his contract. I'm sure Green Bay would love nothing more than for him to maximize his potential, to take the flashes we saw last year, the playmaking, the ball skills, the competitiveness at the catch point, that he take that and translate it into an outstanding season and he gets paid next year. I'm sure they would feel good about that. But they don't have a slot cornerback. They don't have a corner in waiting if Kevin King goes through another injury-plagued or inconsistent season. Josh Jackson has not proven enough that he has a spot on this field, not with the way they want to play defense. We have no idea if Chandon Sullivan is capable of taking a bigger role in this defense. He played well in short spurts last year. He played all over the defense in the slot, played safety, played corner, played even some dime linebacker at times. And we don't know if he can be better in a bigger role. This was a guy who had no clue what he was doing in Philadelphia two years ago. Now, he's a young player. You can grow and develop and all that stuff. But that leaves Kadar Holman, and that's it. We don't know what they have beyond Jair Alexander. So the idea that the Packers wouldn't be looking at a cornerback when Mike Pettin wants to play a bunch of them and Brian Gutekunst clearly believes that you build a defense around your pass rush and your coverage, which, by the way, is absolutely right. It makes perfect sense that cornerback would be one of their top-line items. The other thing about all of this is the three positions at the top are all priority positions. Offensive tackle, receiver, cornerback. Those are priority positions, premium positions. They impact the game a huge amount. Linebacker doesn't move the needle. Defensive line doesn't move the needle. Cornerback would, especially if they're going to play in the slot or, perhaps better idea, play on the boundary and allow Jair Alexander to play in the slot, especially against Adam Thielen or Debo Samuel or Emmanuel Sanders now in New Orleans. You would love to be able to have a boundary corner you feel good enough about to move Jair Alexander into the slot to play a little bit more man coverage. Wouldn't that be great? 
the Packers don't have that luxury because they don't have another boundary corner they feel good about. Tremont Williams, they liked in the slot. Is that his best position? I don't know. Can he do it at his age? I don't know. And what is the option moving forward? If they draft a player, whether or not he can play in the slot or he can allow Jair Alexander to play in the slot, he's going to be on the field 70-plus percent of snaps. And then could eventually have to replace Kevin King. That's probably why you'd rather have someone who can play the boundary. And, and you know, in a perfect world, you draft someone who could play both. But someone on the boundary who is both someone who could give Jair Alexander more reps in the slot and be a potential replacement if things go sideways with Kevin King. You need more cornerbacks. You're one injury away from having to start Kevin King, Josh Jackson, and we don't know. I mean, just think about how precarious that situation is. If the Packers have to have to start Curtis Bolton or Oren Burks, it doesn't change that much about their defense if Christian Kirksey gets hurt. If Tyler Lancaster gets hurt, it doesn't change much about their defense. Now, if Kenny Clark gets hurt, yeah, you have a problem, but Kenny Clark is a unique interior defensive lineman, they're not going to find a guy who's going to even come close to recreating what you can get from Clark in this draft. Not in the first round, not in the second round, not in the third round. You could get an impact corner, second round, third round. If your top three picks, if you come away from this draft in the top 100 and you get in some order an offensive tackle, a receiver, and a cornerback, that is number one, extracting value because you're getting premium position players and you've addressed what really are your team's three biggest needs. Now, whether you do it with a safety who can play the nickel, we talked about that yesterday, someone like Antoine Winfield, someone like Kevon Wallace, those are options that you have or you can just go draft a cornerback. The problem for the Packers is right now there aren't that many players who fit the kind of profile they tend to like. The names that you've heard of that fit their athletic profile, Iowa's Michael Ojemudia and LSU's Christian Fulton. That's the full list of qualified cornerbacks. Now, a number of guys haven't tested, so we don't really know. C.J. Henderson, uh, Bryce Hall, Trevon Diggs, the kid from Auburn whose last name I'm not going to attempt. And there are a bunch of other cornerbacks who are not going to be the kind of preferred athletic template that the Packers like. A.J. Terrell misses out. Jalen Johnson misses out. Jeff Gladney misses out. Josiah Scott misses out. Cameron Dantzler. I mean, Amik Robertson, Lavert Hill. A lot of guys who played on good teams who are going to go in the top 100 don't fit the kind of player Green Bay tends to like. And and in a lot of cases, for good reason. Some of these guys, they were either running really slow, they had really bad agility times, I mean, some of them really bad, like Jeff Gladney, bottom five percentile in in the three cone. You cannot be a slot corner in the NFL and have a third percentile three cone. It just is a huge problem. So that is the other issue that they're dealing with. It's another reason, back to our discussion yesterday, that I like the idea of a nickel safety who can be your slot guy if you need him to be. But that still doesn't solve the problem that they have of, Who's going to be the boundary corner if it's not Kevin King? Who's going to be that guy if he gets hurt? Do you feel comfortable with Josh Jackson? Are you bringing back Tremont Williams? If you can't find someone in the draft, sure, just bring back Tremont Williams. But that's a short-term fix. 
It's not a long-term solution. And the draft is for long-term solutions. Before we get to our conversation here with Eric Crocker, I want to talk to you about being a partner with Locked On Packers. If you've been a listener to this podcast, you've heard all of the great advertisers working with us to reach sports fans. And your business, no matter how big or small, could be a part of our team. That's because right now, we are trying to give small businesses, local businesses, an opportunity to advertise on our show at a reduced cost. Given everything that's going on in the world, we want to help spread the word about your business. Let us help you reach the thousands of Locked On Packers listeners who are here, who want to support your business in this time of crisis for so many people. And we want to do it at a reduced cost to help you out. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. Feel free to send me a DM on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski and we can figure something out. Let us help you get the word out and, and help keep your business afloat if necessary. Let us use our platform to serve you here because I know the Locked On Packers audience wants to help. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. All right, it is Croc time. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. He actually has two Twitter pages, which I'm sure he will tell you about. He's a former NFL cornerback. He's also the host of Press Coverage, and he's one of the most fun guys on Twitter to follow if you want to learn about cornerback or receiver play. Eric, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Oh, man. You know, anytime I get a chance to, to talk some football, man, I'm all for it. Well, and, and hopefully we can start off with a conversation that you'll enjoy, and that's talking about some Packers secondary play. I know last year Jair Alexander is someone who – really got a lot of people excited with his play. When you look at this Packers secondary and, and Jair Alexander in particular, what jumps out to you? You know, I think just Jair Alexander, you know, in particular, you know, he, he's one of those guys that you can kind of build your secondary around. Now he's not the biggest guy, but man, he's, I mean, he's just feisty. Um, I mean, he guards any type of receiver, all type of sizes, anywhere on the field. Uh, you know, he might not have like the ideal height, that you would like to see from, you know, your CB1. But he plays so big, man. He, he's just a dog. He's grabby. I, I enjoy watching him play. And obviously, you know, I'm a 49er fan, but um, I, I really enjoy watching guys like him play. And even from his class, man, um, there were guys that were bigger and whatnot. But I, I think that was one of those drafts where 
a lot of the top tier uh, cornerbacks that I liked were all smaller. And he was one of those. He was my CB2 in that class, man. And he, he's really lived up to that. I, I like his game. And anytime somebody gets anything on him, they typically have to really earn it. So, yeah, Jair Alexander, he, he's definitely a joy to watch. Um, Kevin King, he's somebody that I definitely wasn't as high on. Um, but I think as far as being a CB2, I think he plays well, right? I mean, you know, he's had his moments where he's like, ah, you know. But for, for the most part, uh, he's someone that definitely challenge, challenges teams. And, you know, he I think he works well off of, of, of Alexander. So, now he's definitely somebody as well that I, that I really like. Um, the one that I'm, I don't want to say iffy, but confused, but just not, I don't really know his situation there was Josh Jackson. And Josh Jackson is somebody that I really wasn't high on coming out as a corner. I thought he mm. maybe would play more of a, a safety or kind of like slot role type type position. I didn't really like him as much on the outside. What, what's been his deal uh, since joining the Packers? Because I haven't really heard much from him or really seen that that much of him. Well, he hasn't played that much. I mean, he he played as a rookie uh, because of injury. He was the guy actually in, in rookie camp and then training camp. He was out playing Jair Alexander, at least we thought. And he had some some big moments in preseason, had a pick six. I think he had a couple interceptions that first year. But then it was pretty clear early on Jair Alexander was the better player. And Jackson really struggled once the lights came on and, and the season started. Last year, couldn't get on the field. They started to play him a little bit more in the slot. It's interesting that, that you thought he could be that guy. I'm wondering about this, and we're going to talk about this in a second, but as you look at this secondary, first of all, are you the kind of guy who, when you're building a secondary, you view it like a basketball team, you want to have different types? You know, I mean, I, it really all depends on your on your scheme. Uh, I, I think ideally, if it were me building a team, I really like the way that the, the Patriots have kind of gone, and they have different size, speeds, and things like that. So they've gone more that route. We're building a team more like a, like a basketball team. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, man, to me, like, the first thing I look for is can you cover? And if you can cover and you have natural uh, cover, mm-hmm. man cover skills, I feel like I can build the rest. And Josh Jackson was a guy who had tremendous, tremendous off-ball zone skills, but I didn't see the the natural man coverage skills from him. So, you know, I'm not surprised that he's kind of been, like, you know, a little up and down. Uh, as far as the rest of the secondary, yeah, it's – it's. I, I, I guess I could see the whole um, basketball – So if you look at, you know, Kevin King, you said cornerback two, they have not brought back Tremont Williams yet. I think they're going to wait for the draft to see if they can get someone in that spot. If you were going to put someone, just a type of player, not necessarily a name per se, but a type of player that you think would be the perfect complement to the two guys we've already talked about, what type of player could take this secondary to the next level. And we can even go and and, and incorporate what they have at safety with Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos. Yeah, I, I think just a really good, like, natural coverage uh, nickel-type guy. Um, you know, I, I think ideally, you know, I saw Tremont Williams playing inside at times. I saw, you know, like you said, uh, Josh Jackson playing inside. I don't think that's naturally, like, as far as if you want – especially you want to match up with guys and play a little bit more man. I don't think that's what they really want to, want to do with those guys. Especially like, – then I saw, like, Will Redmond. And I'm familiar with Will Redmond because he, mm-hmm. you know, he was drafted by the 49ers. And he's another guy who, you know, he had a – I think he tore his ACL early on. Or he – did he tear his ACL coming out of college? Yeah, I believe so. I think he tore his ACL coming out of college, so he really missed that whole rookie year. And then from there, he wasn't able to make the team. Obviously, the 49ers have had a lot of coaching turnover. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy – I think out of everybody I watched in the Packers, it seemed like he was getting beat 
uh, a good amount. Um, anytime I, <laughs> I yeah. got the Packers on TV, and it jumped out to me because I knew, you know, I knew who he was. So if you can get somebody to kind of fill that role, uh, someone that's just, you know, just a sticky man coverage guy to be able to play that nickel spot. Um, and I know we're going to get into some draft names in a little bit, but I, I think that's what they're kind of missing. They got the outside guys and you have the versatile guy that can cover any type of receiver. But having that one guy that you can really bank on being a, a really solid nickel, I think the Packers need that. So that's a great transition. Let's let's talk about the draft right now, because there are a lot of names that I think we're, we're seeing in the top 50. It seems like there's a lot of different kinds of corners in this draft as well. Some big, some small. Uh, everyone is in love with Jeff Okuda, but there's a lot other. Uh, there's a lot of other talent here. Who are some of the names that you like? And, and then we'll talk in a second about some guys that that could be fits in Green Bay. Yeah, I, I think just naturally where you guys are picking, you guys might you know I, I pick thirty, you guys might be out of the, out of the running for maybe one of those top tier guys. But uh, you know, I think for specifically what you guys need unless you guys are looking to like maybe replace Kevin King, uh, when we're talking about that nickel spot, I think you can wait a little bit. And there's some guys, or you can get a guy like Jeff Gladney. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he played a lot of outside at TCU, but I think he has like at least the man coverage skills to play in this slot. And I like his movement skills. I like his ability. I like his scrappiness. Um, I don't necessarily like him as much against bigger receivers. I thought he got a little big body sometimes. Uh, but just his coverage skills, I think he matches what you guys want to do. And I think that's somebody that can be there in that 30 range and could play more of a predominant uh, nickel slot role. Um, if, it, if you guys want to wait a little bit later, uh, maybe, you know, third round, fourth round, fifth round, there are guys like, you know, Darnay Holmes from UCLA. Uh, he, he's a guy, you know, not really big, but he has uh, really good athleticism. Another really scrappy guy. Uh, I, I didn't really like him as much in space on the outside. But I think if you kind of tighten him down to that nickel slot role, um, He's somebody I think that could really excel and maybe be one of the better, like if he were one of the better nickel guys in the league in a couple of years, wouldn't be surprised at all. And that's somebody that you guys get really like on a great value with that uh, 136 pick in the fourth round. How do you view the evolution of, of the NFL right now with a lot of these um, hybrid type players? We see this in college all the time. Antoine Winfield Jr. is a guy who played safety, played slot, and and played a little bit in the box. You know, Kevon Wallace from, from Clemson, he played almost, you know, played like 65, 70% in the slot at Clemson, but was really a safety. Is that someone that you think could make sense for the Packers? Yeah, you know, I, I think in today's game, just the more you can do and the more you can be on the field, you know, obviously, the, you know, the better value you, you get. Uh, basketball, I mean, basketball, football now is, is starting to be a lot like basketball, where it's a little bit uh, less or a little bit more positionless to say whether it's on offense mm-hmm. or defense, right? Like, you, you can't just be a big, stiff safety and think, like, oh, you're going to be able to hide him because offensive coordinators now, they'll, they'll find that guy. They'll find that big, stiff guy that can't really play in space. So, right. you know, the Winfields of the world, you know, I value him. He's my number one safety coming out just because I value his coverage ability and being able to play in space and being able to, you know, play man match stuff or cover four match stuff where he has to, you know, backpedal, speed turn, and run with a guy downfield. I think he does all those things extremely well. Uh, really good movement skills. I need that out of safeties now because you 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 have to be much more versatile. It's a passing game, and you can't muscle guys anymore, right? You knock a guy off of his uh, path, and all of a sudden you'll see a you know 15 yard flag or a pass interference flag or legal contact. You know, and give guys cheap uh, penalties. So. 
you know, I think now more so than anything, I value coverage skills a ton. And I think, you know, I'm glad you brought up Winfield because he definitely fits that to where, you know, no matter what the scheme is, he can play safety in it. Yeah, play him anywhere. Just just get that guy on my football team if I'm a coach. I, I, I loved watching him play. This is a, a great segue, too, to receivers. As, as you know, a, a defensive back and a defensive back's coach, you are constantly scouting receivers, looking for, for strengths, weaknesses, where to attack. The Packers are a team that are going to want one of these guys. Who are the receivers that are standing out to you in that that first, second round range? Because it seems like Green Bay is interested in using an early pick on one of these guys. Yeah, you know, the crazy thing is with the, with the Packers, man, you know, they've used a ton of draft capital over, over the last uh, few years, um, especially what, a couple of years ago. I think the 2018 draft, they drafted three receivers, uh, Valdez Scantling, uh, Moore, mm-hmm. and um, the one from Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, Equinemia St. Brown. Um, and you know, the fact that I, I think, I think, uh, Valdez Scantling has maybe been the one that they've gotten the most production out of, but they've even passed up on yep. a lot of these guys and gone to, uh, uh, undrafted, undrafted rookie free agent that you guys picked up off like a practice squad and he's playing over those guys. So I, I would yep. think that receiver is definitely a spot that you guys want to, uh, upgrade at. I think you guys are in a really good position at pick 30 to where, yeah, maybe you'll miss out on the, you know, quote unquote top tier guys. But what's top tier to some teams might not be top tier to you, and you guys might value something else, and you guys might have that guy that you're looking for at pick 30. And I think in that range, a guy that I think would complement uh, someone like uh, Devontae Adams uh, very well is like a you know like a Brandon Ayuk, a receiver out of Arizona State. He can play inside, he can play outside, mm-hmm. he stretches the field very well, really good run after catch. Um, he's a really good return guy. Um, you know, he's not as big as the St. Browns and uh, – and uh, Valdez Scantlings and Jamal Moore, those guys are like 6'3 and up. He's more of a six-foot guy. And he didn't test as well as I thought. I think he ran like a 4'5 flat, I believe, or a 4'5'1. But he plays faster than that. And I think his best yep. days are ahead of him. He didn't have the best of quarterback situations. He was catching passes from a true freshman. And so his numbers aren't going to be like just crazy or his usage because I think they had to kind of simplify their offense a bit. But he has all the ability. He's an extremely athletic that's a guy in that pick 30 range that I, I would really, really like. And, you know, if you kind of go back even a little bit further, let's say you guys is a second round pick. I think, you know, there's a lot of value there. This is a deep receiver class. So, you know, in that in that uh, range, you guys might be able to snag up somebody like, you know, even a Courtney Davis. I mean, I, I don't think he'll even go to like maybe the third or fourth. Um, but he plays all over the field where there's outside slot. He plays with really good speed. He's extremely tough, catches everything over the middle. I think he's somebody that would definitely excel, you know, from having a quarterback like uh, Aaron Rodgers. And he's somebody as well, kind of like Ayuk, who, you know, the quarterback situation, he was catching passes from this guy named Kellen Mond. And Mond, you know, he wasn't a pure passer or anything like that. But even then, Davis was able to kind of no. showcase his ability. So there's definitely, in this class, man, there's receivers. Uh, if you guys do want to go the big route, Michael Pittman, I think he's somebody that might be there in that late second round. Uh, where, you know, big body, I think he moves extremely well. Uh, really good possession guy. If you guys like uh, the, the receiver, I just mentioned him, uh, the, the rookie free agent that you guys signed. If you guys like Alan him. Lazard, yep. Yeah, Lazard. You guys like Lazard, you'll really like Pittman because he's like a, a much better prospect uh, version of what Lazard is. He's quicker. He's faster, straight line, um, just as big. I um, mean, he catches everything, man. He, he's a terrific 
uh, contested catch guy. And he's somebody, yeah, I think he'd be really beneficial uh, to, to be able to grab in that, that late second round. All right, so this is a question I didn't even anticipate getting to ask, but I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, I wrote a piece today for Packer Report about the Packers doing the thing that their rival teams would like the least. And, uh, you know, the 49ers right now are the only team in the NFC who can definitively say they're better than the Packers. They were the only team that that could could handle them in the playoffs. What is the who is the one player in the draft you think and and you as a 49ers fan are looking at them going, man, if they get that guy, that would that would really be tough. I think it's definitely somebody to compliment, you know, what Devontae Adams does. And with the 49ers, I mean, you know, I think we were able to play uh, very well. A lot of it was our front end, you know, getting after quarterbacks, uh, you know, in both games, making uh, life kind of, you know, challenging for Aaron Rodgers. You know, if, if if you guys were able to, you know, obviously, you know, stop the pass rush, but have a receiver that can compliment Adams, because especially in that first game, nobody did anything other than Adams. In the second game, there were a couple right. of catches over the middle, but for the most part, the game was already out of hand, and the only person that really did anything to threaten the 49ers was Devontae Adams. So if you can get somebody to compliment him and maybe be an explosive guy, maybe a Jalen Rieger, right, like a Jalen Rieger who's, you know, mm-hmm. explosive, uh, quick, shifty type guy and be able to catch and run, that's something that will really challenge the 49ers defense for sure. I think Jalen Rager, even though he doesn't fit the normal profile of the kind of player the Packers front office has generally liked, he could be the kind of guy that Matt LaFleur bangs the table for. I think he's a perfect fit for that offense. So I love that answer, and maybe we'll get to see it. Croc, you're doing a ton of stuff um, that will hopefully make our audience smarter about football. I've, I've really enjoyed a lot of the stuff that you've put out on Twitter, um, uh, cornerback, receiver breakdowns. And uh, I highly recommend people go check that out. Where where can people find the work that you're doing? Oh, yeah, man. I um, actually have two Twitter accounts. Um, they're both pretty informative. Uh, my main one is at Eric underscore Crocker. You'll see the blue check. So that's me. Um, and then my second <laughs> one that I post a lot of film to is at Press Cub Film. And that's at Press, P-R-E-S-S, Cub, C-O-V, Film, F-I-L-M. And uh, I post a lot of stuff to that one, too. And. Yeah, I just enjoy, man, like, you know, talking football, like I said, when I got on here, uh, especially right now during these quarantine times where you can't really go anywhere, you can't go outside, you can't do anything. So I've just been yeah. really just busting down film and, and uh, getting to a lot of these prospects, especially since typically I would have gotten this stuff done, like, you know, months ago. But the 49ers had such a deep playoff run, which we haven't had in years, um, that, you know, I got, I got a late jump. I didn't start on any of this stuff until – almost the beginning of March, you know? So, uh, yeah, man, um, you guys go ahead, check those out, follow right. them. I'm not a Packers fan, but, you know, I speak in general when it comes to these prospects, so I think you guys will enjoy it. That's all right. There's there's still plenty to learn from for sure. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, let's do it again. All right, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Anytime. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. 
And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses, and try WISE for free at WISE.com slash podcast. All right, I want to thank Eric again for joining the show. Great to talk to him. Uh, He is really in-depth in those Twitter breakdowns, film, explanations, all sorts of technique and and really interesting stuff. I've learned a lot watching him. It just so happened that I've been studying the cornerbacks as we speak. I'm going to put out some cornerback ranking, something we'll we'll have a discussion about on the show. But, you know, I've learned a lot watching his videos as I go about doing my scouting and evaluation process as well so go check that out he's he's really a great guy on twitter and while you're at it follow me on twitter at peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter at locked on packers remember to subscribe it is a great time to subscribe we are one of the biggest nfl shows on the internet not just packers podcast one of the biggest nfl shows right now a top 15 nfl show on the internet full stop ahead of some big time espn podcasts People you have heard of who I will not name because I'm not I'm not petty, but it's pretty cool because you guys are so awesome. So leave a review. Let us know why you're listening to the show. Let us know you like the show. Make sure you're subscribed and use your smart device at, at home. A lot of us are at home. Use your smart device and you can use your Google Home. You can hear updates from me. Get the Locked On Podcast Network updates so you get the latest sports every day. No, there aren't sports games going on, but there's a lot of fun discussions being had, and we could all use a distraction, I I think, right now. So check that out. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, we're going to do a lot of questions tomorrow. There's a lot of good ones that I want to get to, so send us your questions. You can do it on Twitter. Uh, You can hit me up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.